I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to Supercoach Edge. I'm Damon and with us as always is Liam as we delve into an analysis of the Rucks in today's edition. So Liam, welcome. Thank you. Yes. I'm very excited about today's episode, I have to say. Rucks, yeah. this is the first time I think since I've been playing that Rucks are, we're not, we don't just have the set and forget. So it's going to be an interesting strategy, I think, or different choices that people are going to be making, hopefully. I mean, I think most people are going to go similarly. But I think this year yep. is probably one where I think we'll see more variation than we've seen in the past, which is yeah. which is exciting and good. Yeah, totally on point there because it's the year that uh, you can kind of take a bit of a risk. I mean, last mm. year a lot of people did with Prusy, Juicy Prusy, as he's <laughs> uh, as he's known in in most Supercoach circles, or mainly just ours. Um, but yeah, previous years, as you, as you mentioned, it was set and forget. It was Gaudy, mm. but now we've got the combination, which reminds me, like back in the day when it was Dean Cox and Aaron Sandilands as like the premier Ruckman. Like imagine those two playing at the mm. same club. And that's firstly what we've got now with exactly. Maxi Gorn and Brody Grundy. So the Gorndy combination at the one club. I'll be interested to see how many people out there go for one of those players and how many actually have the balls or the, I suppose if they're of the female variety, the uh, the gumption or the uh, the bravery <laughs> To go with both players. Yeah. <laughs> that uh, imagine, imagine if like the winner come the end of the year is like, oh, well, the secret was starting Gaundy, the Gaundy combination, like years of old. But yeah, I imagine that's not going to be the case. That, uh, that isn't going to be the secret. It may be, but I don't think it's going to be the secret ingredient. But before we kick off, Len, just I reckon that we do this with each new episode. Just check in. How many times do you reckon you've altered your team so far? Oh, good question. I don't. I mean, it depends what you want to classify as altering the team. 
Um, okay, let's let's say like switching even just like one one player, one position. Oh, okay, quite a lot then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say it was like, you know, wholesale changes and probably only a couple. I think I've only done two or three iterations. Yep. But there's probably been quite a lot of times where I've just tested out, oh, what about this player here? Can I afford this one there? Um, so yep. probably I'd say at least 20. Say at least 20. Yep. Oh, that's yeah, that's <laughs> that's fair. That's it. That's fair. I'd probably say around about yeah, probably twenty. I reckon I've lost count. I, yeah, I, must like, been, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I've been taking count. note. Yeah, but I've been like switching plays in and out, in and out. Yeah. Like I read reports about, you know, oh, Elliot Yo is going alright. So I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just fit him into the team. Um, and then off the back of our defender episode, for those of you who haven't tuned in, make sure you do so. But there was a little bit of a um a diamond in the rough from uh, from Aladdin that we were talking about mm. when it comes to uh, Himmelberg. And I was like, oh, well, maybe if I fit him in, I can switch him forward, which means there's a vacancy in defense because I swapped Dacos for Himmelberg. And it just threw me. And then there was like multiple changes. So, yeah, yeah. it'll uh, it'll I start, I reckon, racking up almost like doubling every single week. It goes from 20 changes to 40, like yeah. within that one week. And then 80 and, yeah, it's, it's just insane. Just yep. uh, snowballs. Exactly. But uh, before we jumped in, jump into another big episode, of course, uh, we just want to give a, and um, we did also on Twitter as well, want to make mention of it, you know, make a big shout out to the uh, incredible support that we've received yes. so far early into 2023. Uh, we've actually had close to, I think we may have ticked over now as we record this new episode, we've ticked over to 50 new subscribers on YouTube alone, which is absolutely uh, fantastic. You know, helping catapult us towards our target that we did set um, which is quite an amb ambitious target nonetheless, but we did so. Our target of 500 uh, new subscribers, well, 500, not two subscribers, but total <laughs> subscribers come the start of round one. So for those of you um, who have signed up so far, thank you so much. It really does mean the world to us. And it is the reason why we do what we do, Liam, and enjoy uh, jumping on behind the mics and in front of cameras from week to week. Um, but for those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome and uh, thank you. Also, but we're thinking, uh, we're just having a little bit of a chat off air mm. that uh, we might actually throw out there a little bit of a, um, a bit of a further thank you in uh, of sorts yes. in terms of a giveaway uh, once we hit uh, the halfway point, which is uh, 250 su subscribers and, um, you know, potentially another giveaway uh, even bigger than that when we do hit the uh, if, oh, uh, Let's say when, when we do hit the 500 when. subscriber mark, um, let's, let's keep, let's keep that, <laughs> keep the benchmark high. Um, so yeah, once we hit the 250 mark, I think we're close to 200 at this stage on YouTube. So once we hit the 250 mark, uh, we will be doing a little bit of a giveaway. And then of course, again, when we hit the uh, 500 mark. So again, thank you to everyone that has uh, provided well, as much support as you have so early in the piece. It really has blown us away. Before we jump into it, Let's just uh, recap as to where people can find us and hit us up. Any comments, uh, any queries, questions, um, where can they find us? Yes, obviously on YouTube, you can find us at Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and sub, 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 sub subscribe. Uh, <laughs> on Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge. Uh, Damon at, at Damojo88. Myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook, Instagram and uh, TikTok, you can search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Well, let's get into it. Without further ado, let's jump into all things racks. We'll do it live. Fuck it. I can I'll write it and we'll do it live. So Liam, let's uh let's kick it off. You can um kick us off here. Put on your stilts, channel your uh, your, your best <laughs> insights into the ruck. First up we've got Maxi Gorn, obviously the most expensive ruckman 
this year. Not going to set you back as much as uh, he did last year, uh, but coming in at 622.1K, he is the most expensive rack, as I said, for 2023 after averaging uh, 113 in 2022. So considering he is priced at that average of 113, he's a bargain in when you consider that his three-year average is 124. However, we do need to consider that he has regressed over the last three years from 139.9 to 120.8 to 113. And obviously we'll touch on the biggest query, which is what effect the recruitment of Grundy will have on, well, both their outputs, but obviously we'll talk about Gorney here. Uh, he does have the round 14 buy, uh, which is the third buy as well. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, the biggest query is obviously going to be what Grundy does to Gorn. I mean, you, you'd assume that it will be negative um, on both of them as they yep. share ruck duties, um, not getting to be the, the main ruck um, or getting that lion share of the ruck. Um, and they're going to be forced to play in secondary positions, either forward or behind the ball. But I guess the positive impact there is that they would both gain DPP, you'd think, throughout the season. Um, I can't see how they don't. Like neither of them to me are particularly strong forward or defenders. So it's not like you're going to play one of them as your main ruck and the other one as a defender or a forward. It, you're really going to have to split their time. But even in doing that, they're going to have to play some time on field in a different position. So I imagine they're both going to get DPP is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. Gorn, I've always wanted Gorn to my side. I think he's been a consistent starter since I've started playing super coach. But I can't say I pick him this year. Um, I think he's probably one to avoid, but maybe watch his preseason and how the season progresses and maybe he finds his way in at the latter stages if he does pick up his scoring. Mm. But yeah, at this stage at that price, I can't see yeah, the benefit of picking him. Yeah, they're they're both virtually in the same predicament, aren't they? Like it's mm. it just comes down to how much they're going to be impacted. They're both going to be impacted. I think that Gorn going off, I mean, there is the regression, like you mentioned there, which is a really good stat in his mm. averages. Um, he does show that uh, he does have that massive ceiling from time to time. And you look at him and you're like, oh, imagine if you can just recapture that form. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty much impossible for him to to reach the heights that he did previous seasons. Mm. Um, so for me as well at this stage, especially at that price point, um, yeah, just can't go for him, unfortunately. Um, but just, yeah, a watch and see as to how their role shapes up outside the ruck. Um, if they're played sort of up the ground a bit more, you know, does it does it mean that they're potentially getting more uh, possession of the ball in their hands, not playing in the ruck? Um, yeah. Just as a bit of a, you know, tall option on the wing or something to that, that extent. But yeah, a bit of a watch and see there. Uh, let's move on to the next player in line, and it is uh, a popular one from last season. A lot of people um, started with him or mm. alternatively traded him in, and uh, I was one of them. I think, did you do the same, Liam, or was it just myself? Uh, no, I did get him in, but it was right towards the end of the year um, yep. just because I had to cover for Nankervis. Yeah, that man is uh, is Jared Witts of yeah. the Suns, and he's priced at six hundred five point one k. In terms of value, he does come in priced at uh, the average of one hundred nine point nine, which is uh, big overs considering his three year average is just ninety six point nine. So that's something to factor in. Uh, and we both uh, spoke about him uh, throughout different stages last season and it links him with the query again of this year. Um, so first off, his buy is round 13, uh, which is the second buy. So he did have that career best season in 2022, averaging over 100 for the first time actually in his career. But 
there was a big reason for it. And we touched on it in various stages last year and was the fact that he did have a very fortuitous fixture, often coming up against sides with uh, depleted ruck options, which uh, more than likely helped his scoring. If you have a look at the breakdown of his scoring, Hawthorne early on, uh, he faced off against Kozitski, who's traditionally a forward or a swingman um, for the Hawks. And I think he absolutely smashed them. I don't know if you can pull up his numbers whilst I'm reading these out, Liam, uh, but it's early on in the season. Uh, Laddams, he faced also um, for the Swans, uh, scored well against them. Jordan Sweet, because English wasn't playing for the Dogs at the time, faced off against him. Uh, then it was Darcy Cameron at the Pies, did well against him, and then Finn Layson also at Port Adelaide. So I think that was a, a run of uh, potentially six or so games where he just absolutely had blinders. And it was so fortunate and it was annoying as well for those of us like myself who in head-to-head leagues were facing opponents that had wits and it was like consecutive weeks. And then we, we saw like, oh, the Hawks were down like McAvoy, they were down... Um, Reeves, they didn't have like any traditional Ruckman and he had to face Kajitsky and you're like, you just know that he's going to absolutely kill it. Um, so that was, yeah, that was really unfortunate uh, for those of us in that position. Sorry, just quickly looking at those scores, Hawthorne, yep. he played obviously with against Kazitsky, um, yep. 119 and 133, two scores against them. Uh, Port Adelaide, I'm pretty sure he played against absolutely no one, 148. Yep, Finlayson. Uh, yep. Uh, who else is there? Uh, Laddams uh, against Sydney scores. round eight, 132. Yep, that was 132. Collingwood without Grundy, the first round off memory without Grundy, 136. Yep. Uh, Brisbane, 143. Carlton, 154. Yeah, and you can see then like after that run, those run of games there where he was he had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks where he scored over 110 plus. Um from then on, he kind of felt it difficult because the fixture and his opponents in the ruck were getting increasingly difficult. So only scored one, two, three, four tons from round 14 to round 23. So a mm. massive drop off there. And I think that just shows there's um, there's something in that theory there where he was just capitalizing off his opponents being, um, you know, lesser likes, I guess, or minnows in this sense. Um, so he absolutely took advantage of that. So says to me, he's not going to have that, that easy fixture like he did last year. Um, so in terms of the ceiling that he reached in 2022, I can't see that happening again and very hard to see him backing it up, um, especially also at his age, another year older. Um, but however, we know that he'll have the sole ruck duties. So that is the one big factor that is going for him. So isn't really, you shouldn't, shouldn't discount him altogether. I think still factoring him, him in, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be holding him in the high regard that many did last year, especially coming off that uh, the ACL, I think it was, um, and he started a discounted price. So there was reason to start with him. But this season, not so much. Uh, for me, I'm not going to be picking him. Um, I mean, look at how he goes over the preseason, no doubt. But at that price point, there's there's better players to select in that position. So for me, he's overs. Look elsewhere. Yeah, I'm probably not looking at wits personally. Um, I can see why people probably do. I think he could be seduced if you don't really look into the numbers as much. But I do think he obviously comes in at overs as he as he stated there, Damon. Um, and maybe look to pick him up later in the season if his price does drop and if there is a need or opportunity um, for it. But at this stage, I can't see the need for it or the opportunity, basically. Um, 
Yeah, so maybe later in the season. But anyway, let's move on. And I think this next guy will be a pretty popular pick. It is Tim English at 581k on the dot. Uh, in terms of value, he is um, another ruck who comes in after a career best season, obviously in terms of Supercoach average there, priced at 105.5 for the season uh, as an average. Uh, this is six points over his three-year average, I think just over. Uh, six points there. Uh, so good value when you look at it in terms of that. Uh, in terms of his buy, he does have the fourth buy in round 15. And in terms of queries and upside, despite his high price tag, uh, considering his longer term average, English presents as one of the most sure options, I guess, in the ruck line, if we can consider there is any sure options. You'd think he'd be unlikely to be affected by a secondary ruckman with uh, Steph Martin gone, unless they're going to use Sweet. Um, who could come in but really wouldn't be the primary ruck you wouldn't expect. Um, so he will have the monopoly on the ruck, and this should definitely help his scoring. Uh, questions probably remain over his scoring with seven of his 15 games last season coming under that 100-point sort of benchmark or milestone, I guess. So in terms of uh, the verdict in a season with so many question marks over the rucks, I reckon English is probably one of the few that we can feel a little bit more comfortable with. Um, I personally don't have him on my side, but that's more so based off um, just where I'm at structure-wise. Uh, structure um, but I wouldn't. I don't have an issue with bringing him in. Yeah, I totally agree. I was just listening to um, Moriera's Magic's uh, podcast as well, and. Check that out if you haven't already. I mean, he's he's won uh, AFL Fantasy twice over. And he, in his recent podcast, he went through his top, or he's predicted at this stage anyway, predicted mm. top players in each line. And he mentioned same as, as what we're going to, because um, I think it's pretty obvious across both Supercoach and AFL Fantasy for those reasons that you mentioned there with Tim English being his, um, his number one. And then another one we'll mention uh, shortly is Marshall as his number two. And the both thing that, the thing that both of those players share is that they'll have a monopoly over the ruck, uh, but more so English as well. And he really benefited as well when Martin, Steph Martin wasn't playing in the side in 2022 and also as well sweet to uh, to a lesser extent. But yeah, you'd think he's probably the one ruckman out of any that we're going to mention that doesn't really have any competition. Marshall does to an extent with Tom Campbell, but he's battling Achilles, Achilles injury at the moment. Um, and there's no way really any, any competition outside mm. of sweet. Um, for English for uh, for competition, so he he's unopposed really. Uh, he should hit the same heights I reckon at minimum as he did last year. Um, so on that reason alone, he's going to be a lock and load. But like you mentioned, if you want to go down a different strategy and maybe go elsewhere, if there's a little bit of value, if you can say elsewhere, say with a Darcy Cameron or something like that, um, and then upgrade a forward, which you can then swing yep. Darcy Cameron into the forward line and then upgrade that player to a Tim English potentially as a strategy, which we will be um, going through in our uh, one of our preseason episodes to come when it comes to strategies. But that is potentially something that you may be looking at, Liam, Ooh, um, or something of the like. <laughs> <laughs> because I did think of doing that as well. But I must admit at this stage, uh, Tim English is in my side, but I'm very tempted to, uh, to mm. look elsewhere and then earmark him as someone to bring in but I just don't know if he's going to be dropping in price. That's the only thing um, to factor in. Yeah, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get that into that um, with the strategy uh, episode. But nonetheless, yeah. if you are looking for a lock and load, he is probably the most assured out of anyone that we'll be talking about, I think, in this episode. 
Um, but let's move on to a, another option, and it is Sean Darcy, otherwise known as Ho da da, Ho da da from Game of Thrones. Uh, for obvious reasons, because he looks like Hodor from uh, Game of Thrones. And he is priced at his uh, 2022 average of 102.1. He's the name, of course. He's Shrek, as we know <laughs> here at Supercoach Edge. And he's interesting in terms of his value that he presents, considering his 2021 mm. season average was 118, and his three-year average uh, is 99.4. So he's around about that mark, but as mm. he showed in 2021, his average can be pushed up towards that 118 mark. So it's a bit of a conundrum that's being presented mm. here. Uh, his buy is in round 12, which is the first buy, unfortunately. A bit of a bummer there. But in terms of queries and upside, so it probably goes without saying, the number one query around Darcy will be obviously his tendency to uh, to get injured, uh, especially in-game, just because his fitness is something that has been uh, queried in recent times. Uh, he's not the fittest-looking bloke going around. Um especially being a ruckman having to get around the ground as often mm. as he does. But from all reports, and I don't know how much you can read into it, but uh, because reports coming out at this stage of the season and the preseason, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's just fighting fit, best shape they've ever been in. Um, and I saw a little bit of vision of him playing, uh, I don't think it was a match sim, but it was virtually like a one-on-one -on -one ruck contest. And he actually does, to his credit, look fitter than what he has been. But yeah, I don't know. I still have reservations because obviously – his fitness can hamper yeah. that uh, that scoring capacity, scoring ceiling across the course of the season and introduces a bit of volatility, um, which is really dangerous for a player at this price point, at such a high yeah. price point. Um, you're forking out that amount of money, especially in your starting side. And I know in 2022, a lot of people started with him and I don't th even think he, he, he started round one, did he? He was late out yeah. um, from memory. Uh, because I remember walking to the MCG and I was looking at my phone and I was like, oh my God, like alarm bells ringing for those people who brought, who brought yes. in Darcy, yeah. change it up now. I remember that, um, yeah. So at least that was a bit of fortune um, before the season kicked off. But the other query, and it's probably just as big, if not bigger, um, because it is uncharted territory for Sean Darcy, is whether or not he's capable of reaching the heights of the 2021 season because his biggest query comes in the form of uh, of Jackson, who now has yeah. uh, come into Frio's side. And how is that going to impact his scoring from week to week um, in terms of obviously that, that scoring ceiling, but then having to share the ruck um, percentage as well. Limited ruck contest, does it mean that he plays more time up forward? To his credit, he actually does play pretty well when he's up forward, kicks a few goals. Um, his height, his weight, his size um, yeah. does take a few marks up there, uh, which does help. Yeah, just, just looking at the highest that he reached in 2021, he did turn up 14 times in 21 games, which was uh, breaking that down further. 120 plus scores nine times, 146 times and 154 times. Compare that to 2022 and he only turned up eight times from a total 19 games. So, I mean, he did battle with a little bit of um, competition in the form of Meek. Yep. who's now no longer there, but replaced arguably with a better Ruckman in Luke Jackson. So mm. wrapping it up, it doesn't present as a better um, situation to be in. It's actually worse, you'd think. Yep. So in terms of verdict, he's probably a wait and see at this stage. I think there are better options. So I'll leave this to you, Liam, because you've written a nice little um, little catchy way to end it here. I said, uh, so we'll have to hold the door on her. <laughs> 
Exactly right. So we'll be hurting the door on Hodel. We'll be holding it shut up against him. Don't come through into our lineups as yet. But yet. um maybe let him in. Let him in to see maybe to see how he goes over the preseason. But yeah, not for me anyway. We'll leave Jackson there. Yeah, I just think there's more question marks with Jackson coming in. So I can't see how how there's much more upside there for Darcy um on twenty twenty two. Um and I just don't think he reached the heights. Like I think I remember thinking in 2021, going into 2022, Darcy is probably one of those players that you could pick um, instead of Gorn or Grundy if you wanted to go for a bit of a pod. And then he just never really got going. I mean, he had some big games. He had a 178 against North, but just, I don't know, just didn't hit the same heights um, no. and the same consistency. There was a lot of 90s, a lot of 50s, a lot of 80s. Yeah, just not as not, not quite the same ceiling um, of yep. four. There was even games there where it was actually the outright Ruckman and Meek wasn't playing and he, he still put in a shit one, which just yeah. made no sense. So I don't know if it was due to fitness, um, but yeah, it was it was strange. And he was even like losing CBAs and stuff as well uh, to like, I can't even remember who else was there was taking the Ruck, but yeah, it was strange. Um, so I don't know. There's potential there, as you say, but yeah. Now let's move on to our next option. And it is Brody Grundy coming at 512.9K and he gets a discount due to the number of games he did play in 2023. So despite his 103.5 average, he is priced at about the 93 mm. points roughly. There's just a bit of an estimate there uh, based off uh, where he sits amongst others. Uh, but this does make him hugely undervalued considering he has a three-year average of 113.1. Uh, has a buy in round 14, which is the third buy. But obviously the big query that comes with him is, as we did with have with Gorn, was we just don't know what his role looks like at the Ds. What does his ruck split look like? Is he going to be camped forward when he's not in the ruck, therefore limiting his ceiling? Does he play up the ground along the wind to best utilise his height for rebounds out of defence? <laughs> The upside, yeah. though, I think for Grundy is that he is severely underpriced. So if we do see some good things during the preseason, he could be one to bring in just based off that. But there are a heap of unknowns. He's just so juicily priced that I'm like, <laughs> you need to get him in. But you don't know. And he's going to, he's not DPP. There's no DPP status yet. You'd assume that he would get some DPP status down the line if he did play up forward. But that's, Still not a guarantee. Um, I think at best he's a watch and see, but if the signs are good at his price, he's a very tantalizing option. I totally agree. He's uh, between him and Gorn, mm. he is the one that is super juicy. He is juicy going off, but that's 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 thinking about Grundy in Collingwood terms. Like now it's completely different. It's like it's super value, but yeah, I. I uh, I just can't do it. But but again, like as you mentioned, like it comes down to his role. Like mm. around the ground, he was almost an extra midfielder at the pies. Yeah. So who's to say that like even though he's playing less time on the rack, it, it might actually have just as good an effect. Like maybe he plays around the ground as that extra midfielder or as like a bit of a wingman, like you mentioned there, plays up the ground, um, utilizes his height, which, you know, um, leaves the, the opposing Ruckman, you know, one out against Gorn, who's, who's pushed further down in Ford yeah. 50. Like, you just don't know. Like, it really could unlock something for the Ds and also for us in Supercoach. So, yeah, he's one to watch, I think, especially at the price. So yeah, keep that in mind. Uh, but let's move on to arguably the uh, – probably the the equal most or second um, 
favourite when it comes to uh, to players in the ruck in the preseason, and it is Rowan Marshall priced mm. at 506.5k. In terms of value, he's priced at an average of 92, which is absolutely cheap as chips, uh, and he's priced at six points um, over his three-year average of 98.1. So, um, yeah, he comes in at a juicy, juicy price there. Mm-hmm. Uh, his buy is round 12, which is the first buy. And in terms of queries and upside, there is just you know really big upside with Marshall um, as Ryder's meti- retirement does give him clear space as the main ruckman. Finally, finally <laughs> for the Saints that we've been holding out for, yes. as we all know how well he performed in games when Ryder was missing. Although having said that, you know, in terms of competition, talking it uh, from that perspective, may have Campbell or Hayes as potential backup ruckman, but uh, Campbell is currently battling an Achilles injury and we don't know you know, when he will return or if he's going to even make round one. Um, could be out for longer with that Achilles injury is a bit, um, bit suspect. So he could have free reign in the early part of the season. The other consideration is that with King out due to a shoulder injury for at least, mm. I think they've earmarked the first month at least, do we see Marshall being rested forward more? Like when Ryder was playing alongside Marshall, Marshall was the one that was pushed forward most of the time um, because that is – you know, one of his strengths um, yeah. outside of being in the ruck. So you have to question that as well. But, I mean, if Campbell isn't in the team, you'd think that Hayes, as we saw last year before he uh, was out for the year with that uh, knee injury, uh, he, he actually did pretty well at forward. So he could actually fill that Max yeah. King-sized hole, Hayes. So there may be a bit of a slight rotation. Um, Hayes may be taking some hitouts. Um, or taking ruck contest when the ball is in the forward 50 for the Saints. But, yeah, I think nonetheless, it really is a question that really needs to be put at the front of our minds. Um, they did do a little bit of a, um, a match sim of sorts at yeah. the Saints recently, and it was noted that Marshall absolutely um, tailed it up around the ground, especially um, playing in that uh, in that you know, predominantly the, the ruck spot there. And they did say uh, a youngster by the name of uh, Allison, I think he's, yeah, his Matthew name Allison, is, yeah. Yeah, who's um, obviously a, a youngster there. He could be one that, uh, that has been earmarked to potentially fill that role um, or that vacancy left by Max King. So who mm. knows? But yeah, hopefully we have that question answered over the course of the preseason um, and those preseason hitouts. So the verdict, yeah, I think it goes without saying, along with English, Marshall is probably the choice Ruckman for 2023 at this stage. Um, so for me, he's a lock and load. Yep, agree, agree. He's currently sitting in my side um, alongside uh, Darcy Cameron. And I don't see Marshall moving out of my side unless something drastic happens. Yep. Um, so, yeah, definitely um, a good pick, I think. Moving on, we've got Braden Pruce, 506K on the dot. Uh, and in terms of value, Pruce, or as we like to refer to him at Supercoach Edge, uh, Mumford Jr. <laughs> is a hard one to <laughs> determine. He's, got, he's the protege, let's be honest. His average of 91.9 is closest to his true output, considering the roles he has played in the last few in his last few seasons. Um, he hasn't really had that pure ruck role. Um, before this and last season was probably the first time he's had that number one number one, number one spot sewn up. Uh, in terms of his buy, he has the round 15 buy, which is the fourth and final buy. And queries and upside. Queries for Bruce are just purely around his brain faith, his suspensions, his durability, and the spectre of Matty Flynn. We don't yeah. really know with a new rock, uh, sorry, with a new coach in Kingsley, we don't know 
um, exactly what the setup will be. So um, the question marks there will be how do they decide to play the Ruckman? Um, in terms of verdict for me, uh, there are just too many question marks over Prusy um, and how he's going to go. I think he's not a bad option in terms of a pod because he's likely to get the majority of time in the ruck. I just think you're going to lose points or there's going to be weeks where you just don't have a ruckman because he's going to do something stupid um, and get himself suspended. Exactly. He's just going to channel his, his inner Mumford and do something stupid and you're done. And yeah. it was hard enough trying to freaking cover him when all of us virtually yeah. uh, in Supercoach land anyway had him and we had to scramble to try and find, you know, DPP switches and uh, cover off R3. It was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but the only thing I can add to that is just looking looking at his price point, he's only $500 cheaper than the assured option mm. in Rowan Marshall. So why not just pay $500? Like, come on. I know we're trying to like stretch out our money over the course of like our team, but we're not that cheap to bloody, you know, be like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not paying an extra 500 bucks Yeah, yeah, yeah to yeah, get yeah. the, uh, the assurance of, uh, of a, a, you know, a primo or someone that should finish as a top two Ruckman come the end yeah. of the year in Rowan Marshall. So agreed, yeah. agreed entirely. That and the fact that he sandwiched in between not only Marshall, but also this other option as well, which, uh, he comes, uh, 41, almost 41 K, uh, cheaper than, uh, than Prusy as a better option. And it is Darcy Cameron and he's priced at 465.9 K, and throw that on top, he's a DPP player as well mm. as a rock forward option. So in terms of value, he is priced at an average of 84.6, but has a, uh, a true average, as we say, of 96.5 when you consider his move into the main ruck for the Pies. Uh, so it was bumped up uh, by, yeah, that, uh, that 12 point, almost 12 point on the dot average. And based off this, you could probably consider him undervalued. So in a similar vein to uh, when we spoke of Himmelberg in the yeah. last episode when it come to, came to defenders. Um, so his true average is 96.5. So keep that in mind. Um, in terms of his buy, uh, he has around 15 buy, which is of course the fourth one. Query is an upside. So the main upside for Cameron, uh, apart from the fact that he has that DPP status, is the fact that he is now the main man uh, in the ruck at the Pies. We've seen what he can do when he gets the opportunity as the uh, main uh, head honcho at the Pies with that average of 96.5. Um, so the, in terms of the verdict, uh, he's an interesting one because yeah. you could probably say he's a lock and load, but also um, I think he's probably more a wait and see because – there were times, I think he had a bit of a drop-off last year as well um, yeah. where he fell away and he was actually punching out some really nice scores, but also by the same uh, token as well, he was, uh, I don't know if it was in terms of fitness because it was coming towards the back end of the year. He was, he didn't have that conditioning to play the number one ruck, obviously running across the ground. So from round 18 to round 23, uh, he only had two scores above 100 and in between that, he had 78, 71, 45, and 64 to end of the year. Mm. So not the best, but you could probably say that maybe it was due to that lack of conditioning, playing as a sole ruckman. Um, going into this year, he knows what to expect. He's going to put in that extra conditioning into his body. So there is that point to counter the argument as well. So I wouldn't be picking Darcy as a, a set and forget ruck. No, ruck. no, no. No, agree entirely. Um, because you want to be utilizing that that DPP, yeah. I think. Um, and yeah. with with Darcy in the ruck as your R one or R two, you can't really utilize it. So whether it's 
you're starting Darcy in your forwards at the start or alternatively like your option that we just went through, you're looking to swing him forward and then utilize that, uh, that you know, swing with a, a non-playing player in R3. I think that's that's definitely um, the way to go. So I do like the pick. Um, and yes, Liam, uh, you could probably speak to him a little bit more as well because you've got him in your side at the moment, but um, that's really the only strategy that I'd be adopting, which is your one. Yep. Yep. No, that's entirely my strategy. So he's sitting in my R2 spot. I've got uh, uh, Rowan Marshall in R1. And it's really about the fact that I don't see him as a top two ruck. I see him as a top six to eight forward. And yep. so my concern with English, while well, I trust English and, Dars, uh, and, and Marshall, I do want to see the a little bit more while the season starts. I want to be able to then say, okay, I'll use Cameron for the first, you know, part of the season. Once I see which rucks are actually looking more likely as the R1 and R2, I can then switch, potentially buy one of them, get them in, trade them in, and then move Cameron into my forward line. So it gives me the opportunity to just sort of let's assess the ruck, the ruck line a little bit more as the season goes on. And then the savings that I get, so I would have had English and Marshall, sorry, Marshall. but because I have cut English for Cameron, I'm actually able to up LDU to Bond. So I've got Bond and Steele oh, in my wow. midfield. Yep. So two underpriced potential for uh, midfielders as well. So it's kind of just, it's a whole, there's a lot going on. But when we touch on our teams a bit more later in the season, uh, sorry, when, before the season starts, I think I'll explain the logic a bit more. But yep. essentially, yes, I'm not seeing it as a main ruck um, for uh, one or two, R1 or R2 by the end of the season. You're really picking him for his DPV status to move him forward. Yep, I like it, like it. Um, moving on, let's chat some mid-prices. And mid-prices in the ruck <laughs> scare me quite a lot. Yep. Um, but we're going to start off with uh, some of these probably are a little bit, higher price than mid prices but yeah we'll lump lump them in they're not primos yeah, they're, they're kind not of primos so yeah. we have to lump them into the mid prices sort of exactly. category exactly so we've got Lloyd Meek uh, coming in at 431.1k um and he's priced at an 87 average from season 2022 and he's probably one that's hard to read to be perfectly honest we don't have that longer term exposed form as the number one ruck to really assess him on in terms of value so uh yeah it's 87 average is a tough one. You really have to bank on the fact that he's going to be the number one ruck at the Hawks. And does Ned Reeves affect him? And then also, does he take his average up to the next level? Um, you'd expect that he would, considering in his uh, two games where he played as the outright ruck at Frio without Darcy, he did score 89 and 100, which are both above his average. So you expect with the more potentially more um, opportunity, greater opportunity that he's uh, output output would also increase, but there's a lot of question marks. I think at his price, um, in terms of verdict, it is he's hard one to pick. I do like the pick in a sense because I think you're getting someone that's underpriced potentially if they do get the number one role. He just sits very awkwardly. It's just if he fails, <laughs> you're, you're, you're stuffed, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. So I'd want to watch his preseason before going anywhere near him, um, and I'd probably be budgeting – for at the very least uh Cameron and that's the thing like you're looking at an extra 30 30k mm. uh 35k for uh Cameron and you're getting someone who's a bit more assured in that yeah. ruck role so yeah that's what I would probably 
just caution you on. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's interesting. Mm. So it comes down to I think the big thing, as you mentioned there, is whether or not he does have competition. Ned Reeves is there, uh Max Cozzy. Lynch is there. Yeah. Cozzy's there as well. Not uh, so much Cozzy. as a not not probably not as a main ruck, but just as that yeah. sort of backup that's when the ball's yeah. in the Ford fifty or, mm. you know, defense. Um he can pinch it, but the main query with him is the fact that yeah he could have competition, so probably yeah one to monitor over the course of the preseason. If he looks as though he's going to have the outright number one ruck, I don't mind the pick because yeah. he could actually make a little bit of cash. But then you've got to ask yourself, can he score consistently high enough to finish as one of the top two ruckmen? And for me, I think it's going to be hard pressed to to do so. I did like what I what I saw when he was at Frio, and I always yeah. thought that he had attributes of being a number one ruckman, and that's probably part of the reason why he's moved now to the Hawks. But yeah, as you say, I'd probably prefer to go for Cameron. He's got uh, again Cameron, no real competition apart from maybe Cox. That's maybe a little bit of a query on on Darcy Cameron, which yeah. we didn't touch on. Yeah. But that's again something to to look and see. But to a lesser extent in terms of competition. Um, and then Darcy Cameron's got the DPP uh, switch as well, which Meek doesn't have. So um, I'd probably prefer to pay up to Cameron as opposed to Meek. But yeah. I don't hate, don't hate the no, pick. No, I don't hate the Meek pick. It's just it's hard to talk about at this stage of the season without yeah. this stage of the preseason without having seen what the Hawks are looking like. It's just guesswork. Um, yeah, and I think the other issue with maybe with Hawks um, Ruckman is that they've decimated their midfield. So is there mm. going to be issues around um, the ability of the midfield and that affecting Meeks or um, Neves's, yeah, ability to score um, as well. So, yeah, one I would really want to wait and see on. You really have to pick him as a a keeper as well because if he scores, if for him to make cash, 150K, say that's worth the trade, he's getting up to 580 um, at that point. And that's probably roughly around an... uh, one, two, maybe three or four at that yep. point. Keep an eye on him, though. Uh, it'd yeah, be keep an eye on him. Yeah. Uh, another interesting prospect in the mid-price range is uh, Scott Lysett from Port Adelaide. He's priced at 429.9K. In terms of value, um, he only played just the four games last year for an mm. average of 86.8 uh, due to the fact that he did cop a bit of a shoulder injury uh, and then that got infected and he was set out for the rest of the year. Um, uh, he's priced over 80K cheaper, uh, though, keep that in mind, than his 2022 starting price. Uh, so he does get that little bit of a, a discount there for only having played the four games. Average 94.2 in 2021 and 96.9 in 2020, giving him a three-year average of 92.6. So historically, he actually scores not too bad, not too bad. Mm. So he's on the cusp there. Uh, in terms of buy, he has a round 15 buy, which is, of course, the fourth buy. In terms of queries and upside, so having averaged over 100 in just one season since 2011, the first query is whether he has enough upside to compete as, like we spoke of just before, a top two ruckman. He did show some good scores last year with 109 and 112, but also had a 73 to open the season and a 53 um but again, that was uh, the game that he got injured in against the D's. But the second query is also about his durability across the season. He obviously missed the majority of the season in 2022. Hasn't played a full 22 rounds since 2018, however. So that's something to keep in mind in terms of the durability side of things uh, and what you're paying yeah. for, uh, what you could and potentially in get. Yeah, and in 2020, he didn't play 18 games as well. So we're not. it's not the yep. fact that he played 18 that doesn't preclude him from that 22. Yep. Yeah, yeah. 
exactly. Uh, and the third query is uh, about you know how he lines up with the other rucks at Port mm. that are on their list. Um, now I think they went from having virtually no ruckmen yeah. to unearthing quite a few. Um, Finn Layson was obviously thrown into the ruck to good effect, um, to his credit as well. Uh, they also obviously had Hayes on the list, who's been there for years and years on end, and then they picked up Tickle in the mid-season rookie draft, who mm. before he got injured looked as though he could potentially have um, shored up that spot as a number one ruckman. So. You know, you got to ask yourself: Does Lysett potentially get impacted by these other guys to some extent, even if it's not him losing the number one? You'd think he he should yeah, regain he should number one a ruck, yeah. bit of a hold on the number one ruck, but it comes to how much will these guys eat into his um his mm. ruck percentage? Also, you got Dixon, who probably takes a lot of the forward fifty ruck contests yeah. as well. True. Um, that just eats into those. Yeah, I know they're not CBAs, but sort of those ruck contests for for. Lyset potentially. Yeah. He probably falls into the same category as Lloyd Meek for me. Like he's one to watch across the preseason, yeah. but there's probably too many queries for me at that price point um, to really commit to him at this stage and take the gamble um, outside of uh, English Marshall and, um, and Darcy, uh, Darcy Cameron. So yeah, that's me. Definitely. Yep. And moving on to my boy, my boy, Sammy yeah. Draper, 398.7 K. I'm excited to talk about Draper. Uh, but probably not for the reasons people think. Uh, in terms of value, he comes into 2023 priced at an average of 72.4, um, which, again, is hard to read in terms of value. I mean, he played the first season as a full-time ruck um, in his first full season. So 72.4, I guess, is a true average, but you'd expect that he would increase that with another year of experience and sort of being on that younger side. Uh, in terms of buy, he has the round 14 uh, buy, which is the third one. And uh, in terms of careers and upside, he is a true mid-pricer at just a smidge under 400K. So you are really banking on him taking his game up to the next level. Uh, this was his first full season, as I said, as a ruck, and that should continue into 2023. Um, as a Don man, I can't see Phillips being given the number one spot or the bean pole, also known as Nick Bryan, taking that mantle and eating into his points. So I think he's safely um, assumed, you can safely assume that he'll be the number one ruck. Um, some stats mm. for and against Draper from 2022, though. He did rank eighth um, for all Ruckman on hitouts, which is good, but he actually came in 19th for hitouts to advantage, which is mm. um, a very, very important part of Supercoach <laughs> scoring for Ruckman. So he does clean this up, um, this part up of his game. He'll be able to take the next step and increase his average, um, but he also only turned up three times last season. So you would so would also need to be able to lift his ceiling and his floor considering he had 12 games under an 80 score. So while I would love Draper to be um, a good pick in terms of verdict, it is hard to pick him as a mid-pricer at this stage. Um, I can see there being a natural growth in his scoring, but I can't see him all of a sudden becoming a top one or two Ruckman um, as much as I would love it to be the case. Uh, his price does make him an extremely awkward in that position because you really have to find cash um, to get him up to, I mean, you need, you know, 30K to get him to Lysette. Mm. You need uh, just over 30K to get him up to Draper and then you need an extra, what, 60K, almost 70K to get him up to 
Cameron. So yeah. you really are limited in, in your options if he fails to fire early on. So he's a watch and see across the preseason, but probably one to consider in future seasons as it is hard to see him finishing in the top Ruckman for Supercoach in 2023. Yep, totally ground all points there. And you've uncovered some uh, interesting stats there because I, I actually was playing a round of golf with our, uh, our collective father-in-law um, today. And he actually mentioned, well, of course, um, being a big super coach man that he is mm. like us, we're chatting about uh, the rucks. And he did mention Sam Draper and he was like, is, is the guy that, that is almost on the cusp of taking the next step? Yeah. Um, Cause he's so dominant. He's got that size about him. Like why hasn't he been going so well? And I was like, Oh, well, I didn't really had, too good a look at the stats at that stage. And yeah, you'd obviously done some research before me and yeah, noted there that the hit outs to advantage is the, is the big thing. Um, and as the outright ruck, because he hasn't got really any real competition um, no. apart from the youngsters coming through and then uh, Phillips is sort of the, the backup. Uh, he should be going better than what he is. Mm. Um, you'd think. So if he can clean up the hit outs to advantage, if he can improve his ruck craft um, and the midfielders as well that, that come with it in sharking his or you know taking his hitouts so there are hitouts to advantage. He could be a, a real big smoky. Um, yeah, for me exactly. anyway, because that's all all really needs to 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 do and maybe do a little bit more work around the ground. Yeah. As we saw, he keep that miraculous goal in twenty twenty two as well. Um, so he's showing glimpses of stuff like that. Mm. You know, taking the game on, having a bit more confidence. But yeah, for me, I'll I'll uh, won't be taking the uh, taking the, <laughs> taking the jump. No, neither. One thing, I mean, interesting stat, I guess, to consider as well, not necessarily um, super useful at this stage of the year, but last year it was interesting um, in terms of hitouts to advantage of opposition Ruckman when he played, they actually decreased their averages or they went below yeah. their average whenever they played against Draper. So interesting to see that he has a negating effect on yeah. the Ruck. Um, opposition Ruckman. So one to consider when we look at him through the year, who his opponent is, um, mm. just to make sure you don't captain them. Yeah. Geez, that's that's a really good stuff. Yeah. I like that. You've unearthed so a bit of a that is diamond. I can't remember. I saw it on Twitter somewhere. So I can't sorry yeah. if it's someone that is listening, uh please let me know if it was and I'll credit yeah. you because I cannot remember where I saw it I'm <laughs> reading it and thinking that's a really interesting stat. Yeah, really interesting. Um yeah, that is amazing. Maybe it's maybe it's to do with the imposing nature of uh mm. of him. He's kind of he's, he's big and lumbering and, and probably yeah, the size of a Prusy. Yeah. But he doesn't, you know, he's he's got a bit of a bit of a brain as opposed to uh <laughs> to Prusy. Apologies there to Prusy, but don't be a dickhead, mate. Um <laughs> if you are listening. But uh let's move on to the other option uh that rounds us out for the mid-prices, and it is Ned Reeves. Uh spoke of him earlier. He is priced at 356.5k. In terms of his value, he's priced at an average of 64.8. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like the other mid-price rucks, he's really hard to place as we're hoping for, you know, natural progression uh, and a bit of a breakout. But is the opportunity going to come? He's got a bit of a, a bit of competition there with the uh, inclusion of Meek, which is kind of the the main query now. Um, if Meek wasn't, wasn't being there, you'd think, oh, maybe he's the one who – could take the next step if he was going to step into the number one ruck role. So yeah, I mean that's that's the key question. And um, yeah, without that that key role, 
I don't think he's going to be given the opportunity for higher scores. So limited ceiling there. Um, even if he does get an opportunity to be really on the park, uh, his 2022 scores are a mixed bag ranging from 95 all the way down to 21. So he's really awkwardly priced for a ruck, knowing that volatility that comes with it and opportunity that really we don't know if it's going to be there. Um, so really watch and see what happens in the preseason. But yeah, I think he's probably uh, uh, a risk too far to, to take, I think, yeah. in my books out of everyone yeah. that we've spoken about. Agreed. Agreed. I'd really have to see something good, amazing in the preseason mm. before picking him. Um, and I don't know if it's going to come. I reckon Meek is more likely from what, just just from the trade, why you'd expect that he would be more likely to get that that role as um, the main ruck, uh, first yeah. ruck for the Hawks. Now let's move on to some rookies and we've only got one here and there is only, there is one reason for this and it is <laughs> just purely as a loophole. Uh, it is Nicholas Madden from the Giants coming at 102.4K uh, value. His value is really just as a solid loophole option. Uh, he has, it uh, doesn't matter what buy he has because pretty much every week is going to be a buy for him you'd expect. <laughs> yeah. uh, round 15 though, fourth <laughs> buy. Where is an upside? I don't know what to say, but as an academy yep. prospect and a 19-year-old uh, midway through the 2023 season, you'd expect he will be unlikely to play seniors, so he presents as a great loophole option. And his DPP status will also help if you need some swings around the ground as a forward ruck. Uh, he is absolutely a bargain basement priced, and his DPP status makes him a great loophole option for your R3, and that is probably the only reason to pick him. Absolutely. Uh, and then, of course, if you've got Cameron in the forward line, you can yep. potentially swing Cameron in if you need a bit of cover, if uh, yep. if you're rolling with a, you know, at that stage or, you know, if you structure your team at this stage of, uh, of the preseason with English and Marshall, for example, and if one of those guys goes down... Thanks to Nicholas Madden, what a gun! He'll uh, he'll allow uh, allow you to switch Darcy Cameron in and uh, provide a bit of cover there. So that and the fact that, as you mentioned, like the, you need a loophole option throughout the year, uh, captaincy yeah. loop, loophole option. So as a non-playing player, he will do multiple jobs for us. So tip of the cap there. Uh, if if you remain on the sidelines, Nick Madden, uh, and play that that uh, fantastic role. But Liam, that rounds us out for a, another big, big episode. Mm. And uh, as we always say, hopefully that has helped you better build your team in the early days. It is quite early, still early. Um, Very early still. So next up, Liam, what do we have yes. on the next agenda? Next up, we have the forwards. My yeah. least favourite of all of the positions. <laughs> <laughs> Both of us. We always complain every preseason. Oh, just because through the season, I'm like, just give me more, yeah. give me more defenders, give me more midfielders. Just <laughs> cut the forwards, please. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's always when I'm constructing my lineup, it's like the last spot that I'm looking mm. at. It's always defenders, midfielders are the, obviously the juiciest. Rucks now is a little bit more interesting without the Gaudy uh, option being there, yeah. uh, like previous years and forwards apart from maybe we won't ruin it completely, but a lot of you would know already that have uh, started constructing lineups uh, with the use of Supercoach gold. There's maybe two or three um, lock and load options. Apart from that, uh, it's maybe. I'll say it's probably the year I'm most comfortable with the forwards. Yeah. That I'm yep. picking. Like last year, I think I really was just, I didn't want to do it. Like yeah. I was just like, I don't want to do it. I think the year before was the same. Whereas this year I'm a bit more like, okay, I think I know what I want to do. I feel more assured with the ones I'm picking, but yeah. equally I'm not loving it. Yeah. But having said that though, there are a few 
juicy options, mm. uh, big name players from days gone by uh, that are either returning from injury, yeah. um, returning to the game, coming out of retirement in uh, in mm. the case of a, of a, a Tip and Woody, um, as well as guys returning from injury as well. There's a couple of dogs yeah. there, which uh, we won't ruin, but you probably will know who they are. Um, so there is a little bit of value there. It's just a matter of pinpointing who it is and another guy as well that's stepping to the shoes of uh, JJK from the Eagles as well. That's uh, really catching my eye. Yes. Uh, one Oscar Allen. Uh, so we'll be delving into all those guys and more uh, as well as those primos lock and load options. Uh, so take a, um, yeah, I mean, keep a lookout for that. We will be uh, recording that uh, uh, next up and releasing that uh, after this episode. But like I mentioned earlier, as always, keep abreast of our, our um, social channels uh, as the news filters through on match sims and uh, injury news, updates, everything the like. But should mention as well, if you are keen to join the discussion, we encourage you to do so by commenting below this video if you are watching us on YouTube. And uh, don't forget, of course, to subscribe to our channel, of course. Um, just bumping us up there to, as we mentioned, uh, at the top of the show, once we hit the 250 subscriber mark, we will be running a little bit of a giveaway uh, on our way we're catapulting ourselves to the 500 mark. Um, or alternatively, if uh, if you have any questions of us, uh, feel free to shoot us those comments and questions via... On Twitter, <laughs> at supercoach <laughs> underscore edge. Uh, you'll find us there. Uh, Damon, at DamoJ88, myself, at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, search supercoach edge. And on TikTok as well. And uh, yeah, you'll find us there. You can shoot us, shoot us a DM, uh, shoot us some questions some comments, uh, let us know who is your favourite player, your favourite Supercoach player, who's on your never again list. <laughs> yeah, it could be a long list because if you've been playing Supercoach for as long as I have, Tom Rockliffe is still right up there. Even though he retired, he's still right up there. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. Heath Shaw, I remember you, mate. So they burn into your memory if you're mm. a complete long-term Supercoach nuffy like myself. But... Um, I'm sure your list is already as long as uh, as can be. You've been playing it for about three, four seasons now, but it's three, four it's, seasons. Yeah, so I've got yeah. enough. And funnily yeah. enough, I think two of the players or three of the players that were on my do not uh, never again list are currently in my side. So, <laughs> it's like what's a, that say? Yeah, the never again list means nothing. Yeah, exactly. You oh. just seduce back into selecting them again. Exactly. Yep, it happens. But um. To finish off, put a bow on the uh, episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Always appreciate your support. And uh, we'll catch you Thank again. You. Same time, same place. We'll catch you next week. See you guys. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.